Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. We're so happy to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. It is Sunday, December 20th. This is our last show of 2015, but it's been a crazy year. So I'm happy to be joined by three of my four sisters. Monica Dolan is in Portland, Oregon. Monica, still raining there? Still (laughs) raining. Still raining. I have a good rain story for you coming up. Excellent. Excellent. We're happy to talk to you today, Monica. You've been busy the last couple of weeks. You've apparently work to do and stuff uh, on the weekends. Julie Dolan is in Dallas, Texas. Julie, what's happening in Big D? Okay. Well, the countdown is on. We've got the big holiday week coming. I've got all four grandchildren will be in Dallas. So that's very exciting for Nana. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're excited for you. And that uh, gr- grizzly voice you hear is uh, Liz Dolan. Liz, you woke up with the cold this morning. I did, Leanne. I could start. I could feel it coming on yesterday, and you know that's just the way it works. You, you know, you take two weeks off to really enjoy the Christmas holiday, and you know, sort of pull yourself together. And the first thing you do is get sick. You know that feeling of the moment you let down your guard. Boom. That's the way I feel today. So we'll, that's we'll, cheery, Liz. Thanks. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay. Well, well, didn't you get sick last week? I thought you had some kind of thing last I week. I did. Right? I had a weird twenty-four hour virus that I was like, well, finally the book tour got to me. But uh, but I powered back this week. I'm going to tell you about exciting exciting signings in Manhattan Beach and at LAX. So hold on to your hat. <laughs> uh, we have some movie and theater news. So people went to the movies. People went to the theater. We had mixed results with that. Um, uh, Julie is going to fill us in on her Christmas Eve plans. And Monica, you described your week there in Portland, Oregon as a series of unfortunate events. So we're looking <laughs> forward to that. Those are always the best. <laughs> hey, sister, so, but can we start the show today? Because, of course, this is now what I think official, it's going to be known from this day forward as Star Wars weekend. Wouldn't yeah. you say this? The weekend before uh, before Christmas is now going to be known as Star Wars weekend. And I have to say, uh, here in Dallas, three generations went off to the movies this oh. morning to see Star Wars. Yeah, my, my, my son, who is a giant Star Wars fan, was taking his two, uh, two oldest children, Alice uh, and then Benjamin, who is in a full stormtrooper outfit to go awesome. see the movie. Oh yeah, he was. Awesome. He had the whole thing. He had the mask. He had a belt. He had the had the whole costume on. I don't know if he had a lightsaber with him. And my husband and I can't I can't say who was the most excited to go to see that movie this morning, but that that's it, sisters. Three generations dying to see Star Wars. So <laughs> you so- know what? I have loved every single story about it. I have loved every single photo. I have loved people taking their lightsabers in and the outfits people have posted on Facebook, every single story. I think that's really fantastic. I was thinking it's a great weekend to be George Lucas because when you create something that is a global phenomenon for decades, yes, that's incredible. It's like, it's like yeah. Yeah. incredible. I mean, that just is an incredible thing. And then it's a great weekend to be Harrison Ford. I mean, my God, imagine the best job you ever had in your 20s. And then you right. go back and do it again when you're 70. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's like, if I could go back and be a ski bomb, I would be psyched. <laughs> and we can't sit behind solo. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, the boys all went separately. Barrick and I are going this afternoon. We got our tickets. So we're psyched. We're psyched. Well, that's cute. Jill, did you get a photo? Uh, yes, we have a photo of them sitting in their seats at the, at the at the movies. Yeah, no, they were very excited to go. Yeah, so I, I just think uh, it's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you know, in general, reviews have been good. I haven't really read anything because they don't want any spoilers. I've been trying to stay away from any Star Wars hashtags, but uh, it's just been really fun to sort of see how people appreciate this movie. Loved it, loved it. Um, all right, one last book tour day, and I have to tell you, it was a hoot. So, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I got the nod to do the signing at LAX, Los Angeles Airport. For and it just makes us laugh every time you say that, Leanne. I, I saw those posts on the Facebook page. I, I thought, what? You're going to LAX? Are you just setting up a card table outside of the TSA? What happened? Pretty much. Well, you know, those bookstores in airports sell a lot of books. Yes, they, they do. They are also very hard to get your book in there. You know, you've noticed they sell a lot of the same 20 books for five years in a row. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, so when our distributor called and said, we're interested in you going to LAX the Friday, you know, before Christmas to sign at the new book soup at the terminal, at the international terminal, are you willing to do that? And I was like, yes, because first of all, I couldn't force Liz to go to LAX one more time uh, in 2015. She broke all records in 2015, number of trips to LAX. So I said, I can do that. I can totally do that. Not really knowing what I was in for, Monica. And then, um, and then quickly, we have a very loyal group of satellite sisters who live in what they call the South Bay in Los Angeles, the Manhattan Beach area, which is right just south of LAX. And they, they wanted a signing there. They wanted to do a meetup or a get together. So boom, Jean, satellite sister Jean, who's been a longtime listener since our public radio days when she used to take her son to volleyball really early in the morning on Sunday, she offered up her house. She's like, just come to my house <laughs> we'll have really we'll have, coffee, we'll have coffee we'll have nothing but cakes and she, she that said is so nice so nice and I, you know i've met jean before clearly not an axe murderer so she said <laughs> she said invite people from the facebook page but i didn't want to post her address that seemed a little over the top yeah. so that's why i had that cryptic cryptic message on the facebook page like DM me if you're in the Manhattan Beach area. But we had folks from the Facebook page. Jean's sister came. Jean's friends. You know, Joan was there. You've met her before at our Pasadena signing. Julie was there. Margie Margie was there and her husband, Phil. It was the nicest gathering, but I only had an hour. Like, drive through traffic, 10 to 11, and then I got to get in the car uh, to LAX. But it was fantastic. I did a mini book talk. We did a signing. (laughs) Jean had butternut squash soup, people. She just... Wow, wow that that's ambitious. Very, she had everything. She had a full complement of beverages, cookies, soup. It was just a really nice gathering for a single hour. And then to top it off, she made a highlight video. She, <laughs> it's all edited. I just posted it on the Facebook page. She was Wait, taking. She pic- made a highlight video of this event at her yes. home. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. It's fantastic. So, I mean, Jean, just... I think you're going to get a call from Liz. She might want to hire you for some upcoming I know. events. Well, I think it sets a new standard for meetups, too. It really, really, it was fantastic. It was fun. I was only there an hour, though, because I had to head, head to LAX. And then there was that 
incredible moment of panic when I'm in the parking lot, like, oh my gosh, where is my driver's license? Because the the bookstore is beyond security. I got a text. I was supposed to meet my meet my handler at the travel and leisure luggage store outside of security. He walks. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, just this is a lot of extra effort. I hope everyone appreciates this. <laughs> so I'm at the travel and leisure and I, I text Kelvin, like I'm here. And then I see this other guy who also doesn't have any luggage or <laughs> anything. And I oh, think gosh. he's either trying to steal my, my wallet or he's an author. So, um, so I introduced myself. I said, I'm Leon. Are you an author? He said, yeah, I'm Jeff Parker. And it turns out he's the guy that wrote every book they sell at airports. T Jefferson Parker. Who oh, writes, really? Yeah. I mean, he, wow. he writes all those thrillers and, and crime novels and yeah, he had driven up for Northern San Diego County. County. I was like, Oh, when I saw, when I saw his book covers, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, you're the guy that actually sells books at the airport." Um, but he was super nice, and there we were. And that international terminal, Liz, you've been there. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. The new Tom Bradley Terminal, LAX, is really quite spectacular. And as uh, as Dominic spends most of her, Sunday. I do. I spend a, <laughs> I spend a lot of Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening there, Monica. That's correct. Which is why I appreciate the shopping and the food service, and just there's a lot of um, beautiful slideshows and light sculpture. It is very nice. It's very nice. Well, as Dominic, who works at the 800 Degrees Pizzeria, told me, because no one really bought my books, but I did talk to a lot of LAX employees in two hours, and he. <laughs> He called it, he said, it's the Beverly Hills of LAX. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like Bulgari and Gucci. One, you know, Jennifer, one of the lovely women that works at the coach store, she bought the book. She was very excited. She, we had our picture taken. She posted it on Facebook. She was very excited. So I didn't, I sold one book to Nahimi, who was headed off to India for the first time in seven years to see her family. And as she told me, I really, really don't want to go. So, um, <laughs> She, the holiday spirit. She, I'm surprised, Lee, and I saw on Facebook you were wearing, of course, your signature giant flower. I'm surprised yeah. you got that through security, Lee, because yeah. that looks like something. If I was a TSA agent, I would be highly suspicious of the giant um, flower. Julie, I just flashed my license, which I did have. I had taken all the gels and liquids out of my pocketbook. Um, <laughs> Because I didn't want to like put them on the carousel, but we didn't even have to go through that. We just flashed the guy who took us back. He manages all the stores back there in the Beverly Hills of LAX. <laughs> so we were there for two hours. I signed a million books for stock. All of the kids that work at that book soup, it used to be a Kitson's, you know, this yeah. super oh, fancy yeah. boutique. So they don't know anything about books. So they. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously so, they didn't know much about Kitson either because they, didn't they just go out of business? Yes. They, they just closed all of their stores. Well, the apparently they said the guy who runs Kitson is crazy. That's what the kids <laughs> at Book Soup told me. Oh. So I think I won over those booksellers because this one girl said, people ask me what to recommend and I never know. But now I know a book. So there you go. I. <laughs> My work is done. And then Santa was there and, uh, and then I just had to get out of there because that, you, you know, the clock is ticking and it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get home from LAX. And by the time I got home, I was exhausted, but I have to say that was a fantastic fun book tour. All the stops along the way. We cannot thank people enough for their generosity of spirit and their, you know, their hospitality and just for showing up. It was fantastic. So it was a great way to end the day. 
And then I took a shower and just sat on the couch and, um, and watched Top Chef. Great way to end the book tour, but uh, it was really fun. Thanks to that Manhattan Beach crew. Really fun to do that. Glad we could squeeze that in. And I enjoyed the photo you posted of the LAX German Shepherd. Yeah. That was nice. The German Shepherd who's looking over all of us. Yeah. And the coach store. It was, I think he's really there to protect the high-end jewelry at Bulgari that they sell <laughs> at the Beverly Hills of LAX. <laughs> so, someday, Liz, all the terminals are going to look like that. That's oh, really? Cool. Is that what you heard? You got the inside scoop? Okay. Yeah. Well, they don't now. Now they look like, you know, the El Monte. If you're over in Terminal 7, you it's not good. Over there. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's not Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, dream come true. Yeah. Monica, what's up with you? Uh, well, yeah, this week was there were uh, it was traumatic a little bit. Um, I had a series of unfortunate events, and when Friday rolled around, I kind of wondered was Mars in retrograde? What's that? <laughs> Is that that when everything's supposed to go wrong? I think it's Mercury that goes into retrograde, oh, right? Okay, well, I I didn't know what was happening, but uh, mistakes were made this week. Um, so, as you know, we've had these biblical rains here in Portland, uh, and I'm trying to be upbeat about the rain because it really is excellent. Every It's pouring here every single day, and we had a terrible drought this year, so I'm trying to be happy about the rain, and the snow is piling up in the mountains, and it's great. Everyone is happy, but everyone's soggy. Um, so this year it came down to, uh, uh, two things I had to purchase. I've been lived in Portland for almost 30 years. I needed to buy the giant hose that goes from your gutter, you know, the big plastic, ugly, expandable hose you hook up to the end of your gutter and then you run the hose somewhere out into your yard and a lake forms at the end of the house. <laughs> this is something that everybody in Portland does, Monica? Yes. Well, Julie, let me tell you, I was standing at the Ace Hardware with this other guy and we were looking at these things and he was just muttering, shaking his head. I was like, they're so ugly. I said, but we have to have these now. We have to buy these tonight. And not only did I buy one, I had to go back two days later and get another extension because the lake, the lake was surrounding my house. You have to get the rain away from the foundation. So that was one thing I bought. And the other thing I bought after two weeks of wet feet, I was like, I'm done with this, going to work every day, walking through puddles. I need full-on, full rubber rain boots. And that's... And wow, I, after 30 years, it I must know. really be raining. <laughs> really raining. And I thought, so buying the rain boots was the best thing I did this week. And it all sort of went downhill from there. Oh, now, my. I, <laughs> now on Tuesday, I had to drive to Corvallis to see a patient, Corvallis, Oregon. So it's about an hour and a half away, two hours away. So I'm on my way, on my merry way down I-5, and the check engine light comes on in my car. My car doesn't really sound very good, and it doesn't feel very good. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't run that well, apparently, either. (laughs) Things things felt kind of loose there. So the check engine light came on, and it's never happened to me. And in my mind, I'm like, stop driving immediately. You know, you hear those warnings. So I pulled off the highway. I get out my manual, 
It says you can drive at a reduced rate, but it's all very upsetting to me because I'm still an hour from my destination. And so I decide to turn around and try to come back to Portland. So I have to call the doctor's office, call the patient. It all worked out. Someone else was able to see the patient there. So that was fine. So now I have the check engine light on. And I called my garage, and they can't get me in because it's a really busy week. So I can't bring the car in until Monday. So they said I could drive at a reduced rate. (laughs) And they said if the check engine light starts flashing, pull over and call a tow truck. So I find this two-lane highway back to Portland. (laughs) This sounds awful. This really sounds terrible. And is it raining during all of this? Yeah, it's raining. I'm just gripping. I got two. I'm just white knuckling. I'm only driving 35 miles an hour, which doesn't make the people behind me happy, but I keep pulling over. So I finally make it home. And then I look and see I have a flat tire. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) She's the check engine light is on. Now I have a flat tire. It's almost all the way flat, but by that night it was totally. Oh my gosh. So really? I'm just not driving that car. You know, <laughs> it's just in my driveway parked there with the flat tire and I can take it into the mechanic on Monday. So I have to take the bus to work. This is the biblical rains. I got my umbrella. I'm, I'm all set. You know, I'm just soaked from head to toe, I had to walk about a mile home because the bus didn't come because the traffic was so bad. Uh, but my feet are dry. <laughs> <laughs> That's looking on the bright side. And, and your drought is going to be over. Yes, I know you're feeling good about it, Monica. Yeah, so my, my, my boots, my boots, are, my little rubber boots are keeping my feet dry. So that was good. So I get home and I'm just like so thankful to be home. This was, I think, Thursday night. I leave my umbrella outside, you know, anyways, it's raining, it's pouring, it's windy. So I think, well, the umbrella blew away. So I have to go get the umbrella. So I go outside. It's about 930 at night. I'm in my pajamas. I have socks on and, you know, my little flip-flops that I wear at home, go out to get the umbrella, and the front door slams shut and locks. Oh, oh my <laughs> So I'm, I'm locked out of my house in the monsoon. But in, in your pajamas. In my pajamas, but I You have, don't even have your rain boots on. Do no, you? I don't, Julie. And the first thing I did was step in a big puddle so my feet were wet. So I'm just thinking to myself, don't panic. Don't panic. There's got to be a plan B. So I go around and I try the the back door and that doesn't work. And I was like, there must be some way I can get in the house. Then I'm looking over at my neighbor, Terry, who's she's already gone to sleep. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to knock on Terry's door because I can't stand outside in the rain all night and I can't get (laughs) into my car. Okay. okay, you're right. Both of those things. No, don't stand no, outside the I rain all night. That I hit a key in the backyard. I hit a key to my back door in the backyard for the cat sitter in case she ever got locked out. So I get the key and the key doesn't work naturally. And I'm just, I'm really, really feeling good about having the hidden key, but it doesn't work. So I get Oh, really? No, it just it was turning. I could see it was turning the deadbolt, but it wasn't engaging. You know, oh, again, things okay. were turning. So I get my ladder out. 
And I'm sure the neighbors think I'm breaking into the house now, which I basically am. And I just, you know, I was just going to get a big rock and just smash it through the back window and unlock the door. And I don't care if the police came. We <laughs> can hear it in your voice. Yeah, I, I had to get in the house. I had to get in the house. So, of course, the stepladder, I pried the window open to try to reach my arm down in there to turn the lock but it didn't work so I just prayed and I was like I'm gonna try this key one more time and it worked Whew. wow so I, okay I the house so that, that was, must have been a huge relief that was a huge relief Liz because I was like I don't want to spend the night at my neighbor's house because <laughs> I'll still be locked out in the morning right with that's the true dead, dead car in the driveway so um <laughs> with the flat tire yeah but and no umbrella you never got the umbrella either so the umbre- i had the umbrella that was the only thing i did have was the umbrella so but things are looking up i got yesterday i called my swab <laughs> they came and they fixed the you know tire and i went and i bought two new tires the engine light is still on so tomorrow i go to the mechanic and drop the car off on my way to work and then i'm back on the bus till the car is fixed so can i suggest one thing one check engine light thing um sometimes it's the gas cap oh so so unscrew the gas cap and screw it back in Leon, you're absolutely right. This happened to me once before in Bend. Right. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. That would be the answer to my prayers because I just don't have another $500 to fix the car. Yeah. Well, try the gas cap after the show. Just go try that. Liz, I told you that trick once, right? And I believe it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It It happened to me once before. Okay. Just try that before you take it. Okay, click and clack. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I was shopping for cars online all week. This might be just the motivation you need. Because how old is your car now? 16 years old. (gasps) It's so funny because the day my car broke down, or I, I say it broke down, you know, I mean, the flat tire, I had to drive it back. Another guy at work said his car blew up, too. Like, on the way to work, he and I both have 16-year-old cars. And so we talk about our cars a lot, the fact that. (laughs) That they're really old, yeah. They're really old, yeah. Anyways. All right, well, just try that. Try that. I hope that works. Yeah. You know, I was driving around for the past month without a – a right rear uh, blinker signal, uh, like yeah. the, the bulb had burned out. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. This is so stupid that I literally didn't know even where to begin. Like, is that the kind of thing that I should go to an auto shop like Pep Boys and just buy a bulb? Or do I, it seemed like. You, you can't change it yourself because I had the same thing happen. And I, I pulled people at work. It's complicated. It yeah. seems like it would be easy just buy it a did. bulb. Yeah. But it's complicated. I went to Jiffy Loop. And they changed it for free. See, I just like worried about it for a month, and uh, I googled some. And didn't turn right. Yeah, and did, I, did I <laughs> just kept going left around the block. You can make that work if you just have the right GPS. Because I know you believe in blinkers, Liz. You know. Yeah, you- yeah. So, so a month, I just stressed about it, and I I watched a couple of videos on YouTube about how to change a bulb in your car, and I'm like. 
well, this just seems like not something I should really personally be doing. Yeah. And But it seemed stupid for something so simple not to do it yourself. But finally, last Saturday, I was driving around Santa Monica doing errands. And service at my, at my car dealership is open on Saturdays, which is great. So I just – I whipped in there and I was like, okay, what's it going to take? Like, do I need to come back? Do I need to make an appointment? And they said, no, no, no. Sit right here. We can do it right now. So yeah. they, they did it instantly. They charged me $10 for yeah, the actual I, bulb, and it was done. And I was so mad at myself that I had just worried about it for a month. You know, <laughs> I had driven all the way to Oregon and back over Thanksgiving, knowing yes. that it wasn't working, worrying every time I, I made a turn. Uh, all right. I think were you sticking your here. hand out the window and doing those old fashions up and down or whatever it is? Yep. I was occasionally tempted to do that, Julie. Uh, anyway, well, speaking of more um, series of unfortunate events, on last weekend's show, I mentioned that there's there's a situation here in my building. It's kind of a scenario where just things things go poorly because people... <laughs> do not communicate well, and uh, it's just not very neighborly, the way people behave. And so I had talked about this, and a listener uh, posted a response on this uh, on the Facebook group, just referring to my building as Ship of Fools. So I'm going to use that now forever to describe my my home-based scenario here, and I have a, a new Ship of Fools installment. And so here's the installment. I was in Washington, D.C. this week. And I was in a meeting, and my phone rang, and it was – I could see on my cell phone that it was someone from the Ship of Fools. We'll just call – we'll just call her Captain Queeg. I could see <laughs> that – I could see that Captain Queeg was calling me, which is never a good scenario, that, that you just never want to be in personal contact with Captain Queeg if you can avoid it. So I avoided it. And then uh, – but then like 10 minutes later, an email message popped up. And it explained to me that there was a sewage backup scenario happening in the parking garage in my space. And oh, my yes, goodness. yes. See what I mean? It's just and they needed to move my car because I was away. So my car was in my space. And but I have two spaces like tandem spaces. So it's like, could I just pull up my car? Well, uh, no, because I was 2,900 miles away. So I was not going to be able to to pull up my car. So I called back. So I called Captain Quig and I said, um, you have keys to my unit. If you just walk in the door right there, there's my car key. It was literally a question of moving it five feet forward, you know, just yeah. pull, mm -hmm. it, pull it up a little further in the space. Um, you, you've been in my Although home. Although your space is treacherous, Liz. It I is. Mean, but, Julie, if you're just going up five feet or back five feet. Seems I, pretty simple. Yes. Yeah. It did not require re-parking. It just required, really, five feet forward. And so I was willing to trust any number of people to do that. So um, Captain Creek said no. She had too many things on her mind, and she was not able to do that. And <laughs> so uh, because it was just such a frenzied situation. And I'm like, okay, how about – and then I named another downstairs neighbor. Let's just call that downstairs neighbor the first mate. I said, okay, how about how about, how about the first mate? Can, can the first mate move my car? And she, she, said, she said no because the first mate just had dental work done today and uh, was not able to uh, operate heavy machinery. <laughs> operate heavy machinery. 
Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's true. Yes, and again, I'm 2,900 miles away, trying to like do my job, and uh, so so Captain Quig had the helpful suggestion that why don't I just give her Mark's phone number, and she would call Mark and have Mark come do it. Now, those of you who are careful listeners know that Mark is the dog walker. And Ferris's um, caregiver when I'm out of town, which I clearly was. But he's so much more than that. Mark is pretty much the linchpin to my whole operation. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, like, yes, he is. <laughs> like if anything, if anything goes wrong with Mark, there are just many other parts of my life that would become unlivable and completely unmanageable. <laughs> so the last thing I was going to do is put Captain Quig directly in touch with the person who is the linchpin to my whole operation. Because you just felt like that would not go well, the interaction. Yes, yes. It's okay. very unpredictable what can happen. Uh, that when in, uh, interactions of any kind, Julie, felt unpredictable. So, um, so I called him, stepped out of the meeting I was in. I called him, and luckily he was available, uh, only like twenty minutes away. But he kept asking me, like, I don't understand. They they have keys. They can't just like you just need to. I was like, I know. I, I, I'm sorry. I cannot. I just wanted to make sure that there was no direct contact between you and Captain Quig. Of course, he's had some run in. Everyone in the building has had run ins with Captain Quig. So, um, so anyway, so sure enough, he came over. Uh, she had moved on to some other crisis, I think, in the elevator. And um, he moved the car, disappeared. There was no personal interaction, which, which I think was good. Um, and then, so I'm thinking, okay, you know, at least we uh, got past that one. But then, I, once I got home, then I had to have a whole, like, meeting on this situation. That essentially, because there's like a sewer output, drainage, whatever it is, that is in my space. They, they're asking me, like, whenever I'm out of town now, could I please make sure that my car is positioned well away from the exploding sewage? <laughs> and <laughs> I just, you know, so so my first answer is, uh, of course, what, yes. What is your answer? My first answer is, of course, I, that is in my best interests. Yes, I am happy to do that. But then I was like, so we're just going to live with this? Is this it? We're just, we're just, we're just deciding that the solution is I just always need to park somewhere else. Like, don't we have a more fundamental issue here, which is exploding sewage in the, in the parking garage. But, but I can't, I can't be overly um, opinionated on this because as I've explained before, I no longer serve on the board of the building for obvious reasons. You can see why. And so you can't be too demanding of the people that are now doing it because then you should just shut up and serve on the board and do it yourself. So, so that's my scenario this week, a series of unfortunate events. I now have to, every time I go away, um, reposition my car in case of a sewage explosion. So, so <laughs> ship of fools, baby. It just, yeah. it's just going to get more interesting. Yeah. I mean, the building was built in 1969, which is not super old. But if there's been almost no maintenance done to it since then, yeah, things are going to blow. 
things are things are <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah yep things are starting to blow so there you ha- well you've always said it's haunted so maybe this is this is yes just because remember another yeah example of mm-hmm. um remember of- when i first moved in the reason i thought it was haunted was because there were a series of electromagnetic anomalies yes uh the phones do not work like the regular landlines do not work in my unit um if you've stayed in my guest room, you know that there is a constant buzzing noise that <laughs> comes, yes. comes from nowhere. Uh, the doorbell has never worked, despite some heroic efforts by electricians and others to diagnose what's wrong with the doorbell. So that when we called the Ghostbuster 10 years ago, it was to explain the electromagnetic anomalies. And that's when when I jokingly said, like, I think my building was haunted – and she had been studying the building online, and she came back and said, "Yes, you are correct. It is." So, <laughs> so that's why we ne- we never aired that segment because that seemed inflammatory and also very bad for my property values. And so, I've just allowed things to go on, and here's where we are now. This is this is where the ship of fools uh, sits now. So there you have it. I'm sure if not one thing, it's another. So yesterday I decided, you know, first day of the rest of my life, two-week vacation, I would uh, I was running around doing some errands, and then I thought, I'm going to go see Sisters. I know the, the I know the rest of the world is going to see Star Wars, and I'll get around to seeing that sooner or later. I do not poo-poo the Star Wars. I enjoy the Star Wars. Um, but Julie, you had said on a show a few weeks ago, that if anyone should support the movie Sisters, it should be us, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, unequivocally. <laughs> what? Whatever uh, that word is, yeah. <laughs> so, and um, this never happens, but in Southern California, it was actually raining yesterday afternoon, Monica. So <laughs> it was a good movie day. It was a really, really good movie day. So I decided to up the ante. I went, it's the first time I've ever gone to one of those dine-in movie theaters. Oh, oh nice. wow. Yeah. Lunch. Ha, yeah. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I had never done that. It's I, enjoyable. It is enjoyable. The, the recliners were really nice. I would have to say for me, though, given what my lifestyle is, it felt an awful lot like being on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you yes. do do a lot of dining in reclining chairs with trays. Over. I do, I do. Like most yeah. of my meals, any most of the Boxing hot movie, most of the hot meals I eat are, are pretty much <laughs> in a recliner with the tray watching a movie. Um, but having said that, you know you got to show up for Tina and Amy, right? Talk about. Right. Who's the best? They're the best. Totally the best. So Tina and Amy, once again, well done. It's a very, very funny movie. I would say the first half was a little slow for me, but once, you know, they're throwing a party in their parents' home because the parents have just sold the home. The second half of the movie, it's just uh, complete mayhem. And that's when it gets really hilariously funny. Because oh, uh, oh, the reviews were kind of mixed, or I've seen. I've I can seen... see why the reviews are mixed. It's sort of like, it's sort of like Animal House or a National Lampoon movie. You know, it's sort of a. I would call it like a guy movie made by girls, right? Okay. So, but all of those things that happen in those guy movies, you know, like the you know people falling in through the ceiling or houses getting wrecked or lots of bodily functions exposed, it has all of those things. But those two are so beautiful to watch together. Yeah. I just think they're both so 
talented and funny. And the cast in this is amazing. Like everyone you ever loved, who ever passed through Saturday Night Live or some other really funny show is in this. So, so I would say it's definitely R rated animal house style comedy. So, you know, there you have it. That's, that's that. But the thing that was most interesting to me is the trailers that came up sisters, because, you know, they pick trailers to kind of match the demographic of who they think is in the audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go to the movies a lot and I saw, I saw three trailers that I have never seen before. And so this must be like the, the female ghetto of movie trailers, you know, like this is it, but in a good way, it's like, I'm very happy to know these movies are coming, but how have I never heard of any of these movies that are coming like in February? So the, um, the first one was a trailer for a movie called how to be single, which uh, looked very kind of sex in the city, funny, but it stars Dakota Johnson, Alison Brie, Leslie Mann and Rebel Wilson. And, you know, she's hilarious. So I had never heard of that movie. This is a very strong female cast. Looks kind of hilarious. How to be single. Promising premise. So there you go. I'm throwing it out there. The next one I saw, which I had heard hints about, but the trailer is super funny. Believe it or not. The trailer to My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. that <laughs> <laughs> trailer. Did you see that, Monica? It looks good, doesn't it? It's funny. Yeah, it looks funny. I mean, that was a great movie. It's the same movie. It's the same movie. They just made it again. Yes. And they're older now. Yes. It looks good. <laughs> hey, men do it all the time. They just keep making the same movie. And uh, they get paid to do it. So I'm happy. I'm happy for Nia Vardalos that she gets a second bite at that apple. So Nia Vardalos, John Corbett, and then all of the all of the regular cast. So my big fat Greek wedding too looked like that would be a really <laughs> rollicking good time. Then the third one and the one that I heard, heard nothing about, but this one looks hilarious. It's called The Boss starring Melissa McCarthy and Kristen oh. Bell. Oh, I'm going. I just, I love the name and I love yeah. Melissa McCarthy. Right. Okay. okay here's, here's the premise, Julie. You will appreciate this. It's sort of hints of Martha Stewart in this one. Oh. So, so Melissa McCarthy is the wealthiest woman in America. And she gets bagged for insider trading. So, and she has a very bad relationship with like everyone in her life, including her daughter. Mm-hmm. So she goes to jail. Uh, and then when she gets out of jail, it's about how is she going to restart her life? And so she has to get back together with Kristen Bell. Um, but then she, she kind of takes over a brownie troop and builds this brownie troop into a cookie selling machine. <laughs> so it's just simple story. But this actually looks super funny. I think Melissa McCarthy is hilarious in anything. And I was very happy to see she got like a Golden Globe nomination for Spy. That movie, yeah. I mean, yeah. that movie is hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> that so, is a funny movie. It's an airplane movie, which I'm totally. sure you've seen yeah. multiple times, Liz. Yes. So, so there you have it. I just wanted to give you a snapshot of three movies by and about women that look like they're going to be really fun. But if you're going to Star Wars, you're not going to see these trailers because I'm sure at the Star Wars movies, you're just going to see the next six comic book hero movies that are coming out. But exactly. How to Be Single, My Big Fat Creek Wedding 2, and The Boss – Things to look forward to in the early part of the new year. And then, of course, they didn't have the trailer, but I personally am very excited about Ghostbusters 2, which will again be Melissa McCarthy. (laughs) And so that one is Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon, you know, from Saturday Night Live, who's so hilarious. 
so there you go. You wouldn't know about it unless your Satellite Sisters told you about it. Some very promising comedies by and about women coming in the new year. So yay for 2016. And what? Julie, by the way, also born five coming next year. <laughs> oh. So I know you and your husband are fully committed to the Jason Bourne lifestyle. Yes. Uh, yes. So born yes. five, born five in 2016. I can't wait. Liz, well done, entertaining Liz. Complete <laughs> recap. Hey, as long as we're shouting out to like great women this week, two sports heroes had fantastic weeks. Abby Wambach retiring from the sport of soccer. I don't know if you saw any of the footage of her last game, but it was fantastic. Talk about an inspirational athlete woman way to go out on top just fantastic uh, spirit of sisterhood from that team and from her and so abby wambach have a fantastic rest of your life because you have given (laughs) us a lot of joy and then serena williams sportsman of the year on uh so happy about sports illustrated oh how smoking was that cover it was (laughs) i'm not a big fan of like the necessity of female athletes to take off their clothes, although they do have incredible bodies. So if I looked like any of those women, I'd, I'd wear no clothes too. I mean, most of my time, but uh, I just love that cover. That was so her and she looked fantastic. And then a great article inside about just the athlete she is and uh, what she's accomplished over the course of her career, but especially over the course of the last two years. So congratulations to Abby and Serena. Great, great weeks for both of them. Yeah, I saw some people complaining about that cover a little bit. As you mentioned, the why do women always have to be scantily clad, even when they're sportswomen of the year? But I agree with you. It was a super powerful photograph of a super powerful female athlete. Yeah. I'm totally okay with that. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like their swimsuit edition. Right. No. I mean and again, she's a tennis player. She doesn't wear much clothes to begin with. I mean she's, right. right? she's completely in charge of her yeah she was the queen that was that was good i liked it i liked it she's completely in charge of her life no one is exploiting serena williams no so i think that's the difference so uh i i enjoyed both both spectacles this week and then but you know what i did not enjoy the the play we were forced to go see last oh you've been going to a lot of live theater we, well, we have we have a series, and we renewed our series, so they gave us free tickets. And so we, we kept saying to ourselves, well, they're free tickets, you know, so how bad could it be? And it was pretty rough. It was um, the, mu- the musical version of The Bridges of Madison County. Okay. Oh. I heard that promoted on the radio. I actually thought it was a spoof. I was not <laughs> sure that, that 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 could be a real thing. Oh, well, initially I was excited because they were running the TV ads, not excited, but I was in because they were running the TV ads and the guy who plays the National Geographic photographer was that really hot political consultant from The Good Wife. I guess he was in the original Broadway cast of the show. So I was like, oh. He's in this? Okay, I'm fine. I'll go. But no, he was not in the Roadhouse version that we saw. And and then I read a little bit more that the play, even though despite the fact that it has Marsha Norman, who wrote the book, and it run Tony's for the score, it only ran on Broadway for three months. Uh, and you know what? Those ladies on the buses from Long Island, they're not wrong. I mean, you know, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, supporting Broadway shows, they know what they're doing. But it was a free play, Saturday night. You know, we thought we'll go in. I will say this. It was a good time because we went to the most beautiful restaurant I have been to in Los Angeles, hands down, period. Brand new restaurant that just opened next to the Broad Museum called Odium. 
Liz, you got to go. It's spectacularly beautiful. Now, do we have reservations? Of course not. Uh, Because your husband does not believe in the reservations. (laughs) But it was raining and we went early. So we got a seat at the bar. The food was absolutely delicious. It was just a sparkling evening of food, a beautiful restaurant, the rain and the Christmas lights. The whole thing was just great. So we were in a good mood when we went to the theater and then because it was free, we looked at each other at halftime. We're like, let's roll. We were out there. <laughs> it's not halftime, Lynn. Just FYI, but intermission. Intermission. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, last time we went, we had the nut eaters sitting in yeah. front of us. And there was <laughs> this time we had, this happens actually quite a bit in Los Angeles at the movies or at other events, because you have a lot of people for whom English is not their first language. So you have one person simultaneously translating for the other person. Has this happened to you at the movies list? The people behind you will be simultaneously translating Mm -hmm. what's going on in full voice, like (laughs) (laughs) not closed caption. They're not closed captioning. So that's, we had the guy next, the guy next to Barrick, full voice, just translating every single thing that happened. And not much happens in the black. <laughs> right. There's just a lot of looking, as I recall in that book and the movie. They just yeah. stare at each other a lot. Yeah. Right? And the, the problem is they tried to do too much with it. They added this whole, all these characters. They tried to kind of make it like our town with, you know, the wacky neighbors and the this and that. They just overthought like the whole thing. And it was, it was torture. So, um, Torture. Okay. That's not going to make the blurb on the big full page ad. Torture, says Leon Dolan of the Satellite Sisters. And we only stayed for the first half. Uh, so, but totally redeemed with the beautiful meal, the lovely sparkling Christmas lights, the vibrant downtown area. So we had a, we had an excellent time. And the excellent time was because we decided to leave halfway through. So I cannot not recommend that play. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Don't well, you go. know that the play that you recommended two weeks ago, the, yeah. the, the one Christian. with the, with the nut eaters in front of you. Yeah. That has gotten a series of fantastic reviews in the national and the local media. I wasn't really tuned into that until I heard you talk about it on Satellite Sisters. It's a fantastic play. That it's called and, The Christians. Yeah, and that that is an actually like a fascinating, fantastic play. Like, and hopefully the people in front of you will not be eating nuts for the dramatic twenty-minute <laughs> monologue at the beginning. But uh, yeah, to- that is totally worth going to. And it looked like the people, Debbie Allen was doing her version of um, the Nutcracker uh, at, at at the music theater. So it was packed downtown. All the theaters were going last night uh, and they're all right downtown. It's a series of four th- theaters. So the hot chocolate nutcracker, that group looked like they had a fantastic time. They were all, they were coming out of the theater singing when we left at halftime. So that was <laughs> okay. Intermission. If you're going to be the satellite sister uh, theater, I know, I know. Things. I know. it's not called the first half. It's called the first act. Okay? I know. I know. In I intermission. Know. Just get, just, just make a note of that land. Put it on a post-it. Okay. I know. So anyway, there you go. But I do recommend uh, the restaurant and I do recommend that play, The Christians. Okay. Well, good. Hey, I have one more recommendation for you, sisters. This is from a longtime listener, listener a satellite mister, 
Michael Mueller. Now you may, you may recognize that name. He has, uh, you may recognize his equally famous dog, Mirabelle. That, yes, uh, yes. That, um, I love Mirabelle. Uh, Mirabelle is great. Well, Michael has a series of books. Um, my, Mirabelle and the Butterfly, Mirabelle and the Bouncy Ball, and Mirabelle Goes for a Walk. These are children's books, but they're adorable, and they are adorable. They're uh, beautifully done, and he sent sent me two sets of these to share with my grandchildren, so I'm going to do some market research for them, but I had to take a peek at them. He was so nice to send them, and they're great. They're, they're beautiful, so if you have... If you are a dog lover or if you want to, what I like about this book is, you know, I want, I want my grandchildren to love dogs as much as I do and to read them books about dogs or about people with dogs is a good way to instill that love of dogs in young children. And I think these books can do it. So Mm -hmm. I want to recommend those and I want to thank Michael for sending those on. Well, that I sent your grandchildren a series of National Geographic books for Christmas, Julie, which I believe you said have arrived, right? Yes, they have arrived, Liz. Uh, they're, they're very impressive. They come, they look very National Geographic. They come um, wrapped in brown paper with a big National Geographic seal on them. Excellent. So I, Excellent. Yeah. Well, I just mentioned it because you're saying you, you know, books about dogs will lead them to love dogs. Well, one of those books is called, it's the National Geographic Big Book of Bugs. So, oh. <laughs> so maybe they'll also learn to love bugs, which yes, I think I mean, this if is you live to... in Texas, it's probably good. You yes. probably have some big bugs down there. Yes, we do, Liz. You might, yes, you might as well start early. But I think that's a good way to, you know, to introduce that. So anyway, thank you very much. All right. Well, as long as we're talking about the right word for things, I wanted to give you guys some highlights from the Washington Post uh, annual list of neologisms. You know, they, they publish this annual list of, you know, words that are a combination of words or newly coined words to cover something that we all knew needed its own word, but did not have a word yet. Like for instance, Leanne, last year there was a word that would probably, would have suited you in the theater the other night. The word is crap laws. And (laughs) (laughs) I was... I was doing out some crap laws. Yes, yeah. crap laws is sorry for a polite but unenthusiastic expression of approval. Yeah. So <laughs> you're in the theater. You're right. The actors are right there. You can't yeah. do nothing. You need to give them some crap laws. Uh, <laughs> crap laws. Then another word from years past was treadmill stone. Which is, that is, see, you just know what that means. That's the unused home gym or treadmill that just stares at you. It makes you feel awful every time you look at it. But you're hanging your towel or your sweater or your jeans are on. Yes. Another favorite from years past was the word probsolutely, which means mm, not quite absolutely. That's a definite maybe, probsolutely. So here are some of the new ones from this year. One is coffee. And that's the person upon whom one coughs. So I guess that would be the coffee. <laughs> oh, the coffee. <laughs> the coffee as opposed to the coffer, uh, which I'm going to have to be conscious of in the next couple of days with this cold. Uh, the next one is flabbergasted. Uh, that's appalled at how much weight you have gained. That's when you're flabbergasted. <laughs> flabbergasted and on a related note uh, a new definition of abdicate is to give up all hope of ever having a flat stomach (laughs) the the, uh, one is willy nilly 
which is now just a synonym for impotent (laughs) 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 in the same uh, region. Circumvent is an opening in the front of boxer shorts worn by Jewish men. (laughs) 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 Um, Let's see. Lymph. Lymph is to walk with a lisp. Um, I think of you when I hear this one, Monica, because I know how you feel about men's full head of hair. Balderdash is the new word for a rapidly receding hairline. You know, you're not just yeah. going bald. You're balderdashing. Oh, you're balderdashing. Yeah. Um, uh, rectitude is the formal dignified posture adopted by proctologists. <laughs> and then... Uh, the last one I'll share, there are lots of them online. The last one is Esplanade. This might come in very handy during the holiday party season. Esplanade is to attempt an explanation while drunk. When you're kind of, <laughs> uh, let me Esplanade, officer, that kind of thing. So, so there you go. The Washington Post list of neologisms. A number of our Satellite Sisters group members had posted these. So I just wanted to share them because they always make me laugh. Um, so a little crap laws for the list, please. <laughs> all right. Well, are, are you ready for the holidays? You have, uh, sisters, you're all ready? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I altered my my original holiday plan was an ambitious uh, trip back to Oregon for the whole two weeks, and and then last week I decided I was just too darn tired to do that for the whole time. So I'm just I'm doing a little staycationing, Julie, and I'm very happy because yesterday is the day I would have been starting my drive to Oregon. And there is so much snow and ice in the passes now. Yeah. Both the the Cajon Pass or the Grapevine, whatever that is in Southern California, that was all frozen up yesterday. And then, Monica, up in your part of the world, I hear the mountain passes are virtually unpassable. Uh, there's a lot of snow. And it's <laughs> it's going to snow every day this week. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm staying here. Biblical, biblical rains where I am, but got the rubber boots. So bring it up. But otherwise, very holidays. excited about the holidays, Julie. Good, good. Well, I, the, what, the, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I, I'm excited because all four, four grandchildren will be here in Dallas. And so I've been working closely with my daughter-in-law, Vera, you know, you know who's going to be doing what. And so I'm in charge of Christmas Eve meal. Okay? And, but we're going to, I'm going to bring it over to Vera's house because we're in the temporary apartment and Vera has room so everyone can sit down. So we figured that's a better thing. So, but again, I got the, I got the word from my son, uh, keep it low key, mom, keep it low key because it is Christmas Eve. We have lots of little ones. Uh, we're going to attempt to go to Christmas Eve mass at four in the afternoon. Alice and Ben are singing in the school choir. So that sounds like that's going to be a showstopper uh-huh. there. Yeah. That's going to be very good. But then you really, we're really going to need to bring it on home with the meal because, because they're little and they need to eat. So, uh, so that I put out the word that I was looking for a low-key Christmas Eve meal. And people on the Facebook page responded. Uh, one, one woman suggested that I do a, a complete Swedish spread. Uh, I, I felt like this was way out of my um, uh, skill. <laughs> skill. Well, uh, what would that entail besides the Ikea meatballs? I know. Heritage. <laughs> <laughs> no, Liz, it's a lot. It was like some, you know, you had smoked salmon. It, it's a lot of things. So, so I thought, no, I don't, I don't. Pickles. Think, 
Yeah, I yes. And then someone else suggested take out Chinese. And I felt like I could do better than that, you know, but that was a good solid suggestion, solid suggestion. So then I started to think about, well, what would mom do? What would our, you know, what, what would our dear departed Edna Dolan, what would she do if she was given the assignment to do a low-key meal? Well, the first thing is, you know, it wouldn't be low-key, right? Yeah, that, she would that, throw that. it back in your face. That's what she would do. <laughs> she would reject that assignment. <laughs> well, that's what I've decided to do. I've decided, like, in, in honor of mom, as I'm thinking of her on the holidays, I'm not doing the low-key meal. I mean, I'm going to try to attempt to make it look low-key, but I'm going to do make a big deal about a low-key meal. Because that was that was one of mom's specialties. <laughs> specialties, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, of course, you know, because we were keeping it low-key and because, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to make it simple, we were going to bring paper plates. But not just any paper plates. So I spent, like, most of the week shopping for the right Christmas paper <laughs> plates for this event. I have Christmas poppers. I have special candles. I mean, I've got a whole bag of crap already to bring over, you know, so in the spirit of mom, right? oh, bag of crap. That was one of her holiday essentials. <laughs> and then, you know, just, uh, you know, I was, you know, Vera was like, you know, just make something simple so that the kids can, 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 you know, just eat it quickly because we're, yeah. we're going to want, no, no, I'm doing appetizers. <laughs> uh, but I, and I am, but I, I have been looking ahead. I'm going to do a, something from the barefoot Contessa because mama, mom always loved the barefoot Contessa and they, uh, you know, Leon, you had suggested a lasagna, but that was too simple. So, uh, the barefoot Contessa has a recipe for a Greek lasagna, which sounds, which really looks good. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to make a big deal about the low key Christmas <laughs> in honor of. Mom. Excellent. That, yes. is exa- that is exactly what mom would do. You are your mother's daughter, Julie oh, Dolan. There you go. Um, Monica, what are you doing for the holidays? I'm uh, doing nothing. I'm I volunteered to be on call. Okay. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and through the whole weekend. Oh, that's nice of you. So, uh, you know, because last year we had the big Christmas trip. Yeah. When we went to Ecuador, and I I didn't have to work or be on call Christmas Day or New Year's Day, so I just decided to volunteer. So I'm just going to stay here with my rain boots and. <laughs> Friends invited me for over for Christmas Eve, so that's oh, good. And I'm going to go see Star Wars on Christmas yeah. Day. Great, great. There are a lot of good movies coming out. And then Liz, we're going to be at your house Christmas Day, and you're, you're buoyed, buoyed by your Thanksgiving you know, success. You you just you're cooking the whole meal. You're doing yeah. it. Yeah. You too. Well, cooking. I'm 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 providing the whole meal, Leanne. I'm providing the whole meal, which may not be cooking. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Someone who's made a million holiday meals. When someone says to me, "Don't bring anything," you yeah. know what I'm bringing? Nothing. Yeah. I'm bringing yeah. Don't bring anything. Well, the I'm, reason I said that is because in order to tell you what to bring, I would have to know what I'm making or right. doing. Which I, there's yeah. no way I'm going to know that before okay. before the 24th. Okay. So yeah, so 25th lunch. Leon and your crew will be there. Our brother Brendan and his crew will be there. Yeah. I invited Sheila, but we got a surprising and delightful email from Sheila that she is going away for Christmas on an ice skating holiday. She is channeling her inner Dorothy Hamill. What? Yes. I, that was my reaction too, Monica. She hasn't cleared this with you, the skating vacation? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Off she goes to the mountains. <laughs> she doesn't really do well. Oh, well. I'm sure she'll have a great time. 
High altitude. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay. Skating vacation. All right. Yeah. And then during the holidays, Lee and Rory are also going to uh, post some more of our You're the Best Satellite Sisters Encore interviews, correct? Thank you, Liz. I was supposed to mention those. Yes, you're right. We have a whole series of Encore interviews that we have edited, and we've been just so busy posting Madam Secretary recaps that we haven't had a chance to go through them. But we have some great names. Speaking of skating, we have a great uh, Peggy Fleming interview that we have to post, Nick Hornby interview that we're going to post, the guys from Lost. If you miss Lost as much as I do, you're going to enjoy okay. uh, this interview with Carl. Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Uh, we're going to be posting stuff from Melanie Hobson, who uh, spoke to us many times on Satellite Sisters and uh, other other fantastic guests. So look for those. We are going to take about two and a half weeks off the show. Julie and I will be back after the premiere of Downton Abbey because um, basically in January, Julie and I are just going to be watching TV and doing podcasts. <laughs> we now have so many recaps going and all shows appear to be on Sunday night. So um we have to figure out the schedule, but look for us back Tuesday, January 5th is what I would say. Jules, does that sound good? That sounds good with me, Liam. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we that- just had a business meeting too. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. That, that, that's what constitutes pre-production. There you oh. go. <laughs> yeah. How do you produce the show? Sometimes on the show is how we produce it. Uh, I know I'm going to take a little break from social media. That's my plan now that the book tour is over. So uh, I'll, I'll be posting the interviews and everything like that. But I'm going to take a little break from stuff. Leah, <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking about that, too, because yeah. last year, I mean, we had that gorgeous trip to the Galapagos Islands. Right. Um, off the coast of Ecuador, and which was amazing in many ways. But one of the things that was actually most valuable about that trip was being beyond the reach of the internet for eight days. Right. was mind-blowing how eye-opening it was, how much time I waste, like just checking in on social media. Forget about even the work part of email, just like the, the Facebook, Twitter, you know, moving around. So I'm with you. I was just going to try to do it, try to block it out for the first hour of every day. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're going baby steps, baby steps. Baby steps. Thank you, Julie. I mean, I'm still in California, right? I'm not in the middle of the Pacific ocean, but, but I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Just a little, just a little break. Now I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks off. It's been a super fun year, 2015 with the book and everything, but time to take a little break. And I basically, I don't know, I have almost no plans and we're getting very few gifts. So that's it. So no (laughs) gifts. We're not exchanging gifts. Are we Liz? Oh God, no, no. I hadn't even thought about that. No. (laughs) Thank you for, yeah, let's just clarify that. Good point. Nope. 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 <laughs> and and Leanne, is it safe to assume that you did not send out Christmas cards? Because right now, Julie, literally the only Christmas card I got this year at all from anyone is yours. Really? <laughs> yeah. That people get. I thought people have stopped giving out Christmas cards. So. I, I don't know. Maybe right. you know what? I was actually so busy. I, I'm actually going to try to get a card out this week, more like a New Year's card, just as I feel like I haven't had a chance to reach out to people in a couple of years. So um, no, I was going to do that, but don't don't hold your breath. And Monica, I attempted to send you a gift, but I could not find your home address. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like her house is washing away anyway. Don't, so. don't leave anything outside the front door. <laughs> you know what? I thought about that too. So yeah. when I couldn't, I even was like typing in Zillow. I was just, I knew the street. Wow. Get the numbers. I couldn't track you down, Monica. So <laughs> it's not going to be there by Christmas delivery. I can tell it's you that. It's a thought that counts. 
<laughs> What's that? It's the thought that counts. It is. I did think about it. I did think about it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, all right, everybody. I guess this is it. Uh, thanks. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Satellite Sisterhood, for a wonderful year here at Satellite Sisters. We always appreciate your support and your connection. Uh, this one has been a very special year for us. So thanks so much for all your support. You're really the best. You're the best. All right. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisterhood.